Before we jump into our conversation, I want to take a moment just to invite you to the Well Ministries first live event. Our mission is to connect women to God's truth and to each other. So we're going to have a great ladies night out Tuesday, October 19th. We're going to have a wonderful speaker, Amy Hannon. You may know her best as Una May, which is the name of her kitcheny store in Arkansas. She's going to be sharing a message of biblical hospitality with us that evening. So if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, come join us, have fun, fellowship, be filled up, ready for the holidays. Hope to see you there. You can register through the link that we have in our show notes. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Conversations at the Well podcast. We are so happy that you joined us here today for another episode, Um, and we are honored and blessed to have a very beautiful special guest with us today. Ingrid Rosario is a worship leader. She is an international recording artist, and we are just blessed to have her in the midst of busy schedules and busy lives. We're blessed to have her. So I'll let her introduce herself to you, and then we'll hop into our conversation. Well, thank you. Thank you. It is an honor to be here. I'm so um, grateful to to know that women like yourselves doing these podcasts, this podcast, The Well, uh, I know it's going to be such a blessing to so many women, and I'm ready. I'm ready to have this conversation today. Just give our audience a little background about who you are, what you do. Okay. Well, um, it's so weird to talk about yourself, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I forget. I was like, well, me, I'm this great singer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am, when I, when people ask me to describe who I am or, you know, introduce myself, I always start with this. First, I'm a child of God, redeemed, sanctified, in love with Jesus. I love, I love my savior, Jesus Christ. And, um, I'm so thankful for what he did in the cross. So I, that's who I am in, a, in a, the complexity of who Ingrid is. But then I'm also a, a wife. I'm a mother. I'm an aunt. I am a sister. I am, I wear, I wear many hats. I'm a cook. I'm a lawyer. I'm a teacher. I homeschool my son <laughs> two days out of the week. I'm also the music director at Lakewood Church for the Spanish uh, ministry. I run the, the music department there. So I'm also a mentor and a pastor. And I wear many hats. And it's, when, when I start naming them all, I get a little exhausted. I'm like, I do a lot of things. <laughs> so, but beyond anything, I'm a child of God. And, I, and I'm so thankful for that moment that I found him and he he found me and, uh, and he gave me an identity. Yeah. That's wonderful. Wow. You are a busy a very woman. Clear. Yeah. I, I am a busy woman. I think, yes. I um, think it, it, I think most of us, if we really sat down and listed all the things that we do, like if we were to give ourselves oh. a job title for all the things we do, we would think, oh my gosh, I, I need to quit some of these, but we can't, <laughs> yes. right? Or I, I mean, should be getting paid. <laughs> more. Imagine uh, if I got paid for everything I did. Yeah, that would be <laughs> awesome. But but I get paid in other ways, right? You get yeah, paid amen. in other ways. So. <laughs> yes, amen. Well, yeah. I want to, first of all, thank you again for the fact that you blessed so many women in Cuba. In January of 2020, the last time we were able to go to Cuba wow. ourselves, we did a women's conference there in Havana. Yeah. And Ingrid was gracious enough to donate her time and her talent to go. I want to link in our show notes the video 
to kind of the video montage that we did about that conference so that our audience okay. can see the reaction of the Cuban women oh, to yeah. your generosity to be there. They were overwhelmed because they know who you are as a recording artist. They know who you are as a worship leader. And for you to take the time to come, not only just to lead them in worship with the conference, with the concerts that we did, but also to take your time to spend time with them and give of your talent and your knowledge of worship and why it is that we worship and how it is that we're supposed to worship. It so blessed mm. them. And you didn't have to do that. And I appreciate your obedience to the kingdom and to your continued mm. partnership with this ministry. It means so much. And yeah. I want you to know we don't take that for granted. Oh, um, well, it's it's weird to, to, I mean, I know we're, you're being very gracious and thankful for it, but it's, 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 it does, leave me in a place of, well, I'm being thanked for something that I'm called to do. Yeah. You know, I feel like that is our calling We're we're, we're supposed to be an extension of who Jesus is in this world. We're supposed to be his hands and his feet. Um, I feel like if I'm being thanked for being obedient, it's kind of like, no, I'm just being obedient. I'm just really allowing the Lord to, to give me the opportunities where he wants those doors wants to open those doors, except the doors he also shut, right. you know, and, and just obedience is everything. I mean, he says, he, if, if you're not obedient, don't bring your sacrifice. And I don't think the Lord has ever been impressed with my voice. Maybe he has, I don't know. He's the one that gave it to me. So I'm thinking he did a pretty good job with that yeah. too. <laughs> but, but what, I, what, what he's more impressed and what he really calls us to be is to be obedient. Yes. Yeah. And me being in Cuba, you all being in Cuba, you don't have to be in Cuba yourself, you know, it, doing what, pouring into these women's lives. Um, and we don't have to do it, but we get the privilege and the honor to be able to serve him. And I know that I'm a better person for it. Yes, us too. Definitely. So thank you for, thank you for, you know, being part of Proclaim Cuba and what you all have done and bringing, I've seen the videos as well during this time. Um, you know, you all have supported the pastors in the best way you can, because you're used to doing how many trips uh, to Cuba a year? Well, oh. we go like two to three times a year, just us. And then the whole ministry takes m more than that. But we take our biggest group yeah. at least once a year for uh, one or two weeks. And then we have smaller groups and um in, in different sizes and different missions that people go on whenever they go, but multiple times throughout the year, it's, it's been a, yeah. it's been a real change. The challenge in. of, yeah, yes. the challenge of doing that now. And I saw a video of how you have been able to continue the, the call, the purpose of what Proclaim Cuba is. And that, that really says a lot about, you know, yeah, it's different for all of us, but the, the burden for you all is so real and so tangible that like you're not going to let anything, not even a, you know, a, a pandemic stop you all from blessing the people from Cuba. And so I honor that. I I'm thankful for that. Well, Thank I think you. about it as an opportunity, just like what you were saying of one could think about it as like a calling or something that seems daunting whenever the Lord's asking you to do something or whenever he's provided the avenue for you to do something. But I think we've seen it as an opportunity and as a, yeah. um, 
kind of like a new gift that we have in all of this technology that's always been here. The fact that now yeah. we're learning how to use it to still stay connected with our brothers mm -hmm. and sisters in Cuba. And then hopefully it will be the conduit to be able to connect to people all across the world, not just Amen. in Cuba, but in other nations as well. And so I think we've taken the the gift that was already there. And sometimes we see it as the enemy of technology, but have used it to fulfill the opportunity that we have to be able to still minister during this time and during this year. I think it's crazy that in a year where we've probably seen heightened depression, definitely we've seen loss of life. We've seen all kinds of closed doors, but God his doors are not closed in this time and he is opening yeah. up ways and pulling strings here and there and, um, you know, knocking down walls and opening doors for ministry to be able to be done, especially in this ministry. So yeah. it's, it's been an incredible opportunity and we're lucky to have partners and, and even, even during this past year, not being able to take you back to see our women in Cuba but for them mm -hmm. to know that you're praying for them and to be able yeah. to feel all of the love and support from all of our partners has been an immeasurable gift um, for us and for them. So I've said it and heard it said multiple times lately. The pandemic is awful and, mm -hmm. you know, COVID has changed our world, but yeah. through lockdowns and through hardships, you know, our God cannot be locked down. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I believe is using this has allowed this pandemic to happen because had he chosen for it, not to, it would never have happened. He is the totally Supreme agree, authority. Yeah. He controls everything that he allows into our lives. He's yeah. using it to wake up the church. I believe because you know, the church, like everyone else was stopped in its tracks. And had yeah. to reevaluate what it did and how it did it. And yeah. if you couldn't go to the church building, you had to figure out how to equip the saints to be the church, which is what God intended us to be all along. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Yes. You know, in Ephesians 4, Paul talks about the fact that he has appointed to all of us pastors, teachers, evangelists, for the purpose of equipping yeah. the saints to do the work of the yeah. church. And, yep. and our culture has lost that. I believe it's lost it in and outside of the church. We don't really, in many instances, understand the purpose for which God called us here and how as the yeah. church, we are supposed to be pursuing that purpose, which he created us for. And yeah. so I'm so glad that you're here because I believe that we are called more than, maybe more than any time in a long time as the church to look at the world around us and say, we are called to be countercultural. And we, in fact, did an episode. It aired last week. And in that episode, we just talk about the call for the church to be countercultural. But I believe as we're moving into a post-Christian culture, mm -hmm. that to say be countercultural, there's a lot of people in the church who have no idea really what that looks like. Yeah. Because yeah. one of the failings of the big C church is that we look more like the culture than we do counter culture, mm -hmm. even inside the church. And so worship is an integral part 
of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Yes. And I would love for you to tell us as a worship leader, as a worship pastor, I think sometimes we just need to be reminded and for some people educated for the first time about some of these foundational elements of who we are as Christians so that we then understand how we do meet the culture and we look not like the culture, but we look like Christ. So Mm. I would love for you to tell us what is the purpose as you see it, as the Bible tells us, is worship in our lives. What is the impact of that, and why is it important as Christians that we worship? Not that I that's mean, not a big I question. Feel, <laughs> no, that that's a very loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I could like have my own podcast and and quite not you know wrap myself around all that, but you know I, I could go on a personal level because I feel like for you all to relate. And I feel that also has to do with our culture. Uh, our culture is always trying to put labels and identif- and identity on things. You know, I feel as believers, and and it's not a coincidence, I mean, that I started up, who is Ingrid Rosario? Well, I'm first a child of God. I had a, an amazing conversation with a friend, with my hairstylist, actually, who, um, you know, and, and I can't go too, into too much detail because that's his his story to tell. But, you know, he made a lot of decisions in his life where his identity was questioned. His mm-hmm. sexuality was questioned. Mm-hmm. And he made a lot of mistakes where he fell prey into that identity issue where it took him to, you know, drugs and addiction and stuff like that. And um, even had suicidal thoughts. And I just sat in his chair on Monday. And I start asking him, so where are you? And he, I mean, he feels very comfortable. So he starts sharing, you know, where he's at. But one of the things that really stood out to me is when he was, you know, recovering from the addictions and recovering from all the things, he tells me that, you know, his counselor says, the biggest issue that you have, and this is to my hairdresser, the biggest issue you have is that you're trying to put a label on yourself. Can I encourage you to put the label of child of God? Mm-hmm. Not if you're gay, straight, Muslim, Christian, he, she, all the, all the pronouns that are in style right now. And I feel like, sadly, the church has fallen into that pit of also, you know, I'm Pentecostal, I'm Baptist, I'm this, I'm that. This is how we worship. We do two songs for it. No, can we just say that we are children of God, like we are his child. He loves us. Mm. My my hairdresser tells me, Ingrid, the moment he, my counselor t- said this to me, it was, I felt that that's exactly who I was. And I needed to, that's the only label I need mm. yeah. to find my purpose. So first of all, you know, I feel like worship is not a genre not something you could package. It's not something you could put a label on. Worship is, it's a complete surrender to the Lord, to his direction, to his move, to what he wants to do in my life. That's what I, I feel like. Um, I think of Matthew 25, when it says uh, Jesus was talking to, to, I think he was talking to his disciples, that he said he was going to separate the sheep from the goat, mm-hmm. you know, and he's like, you know, the goat 
or uh, the goat does this, 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 or doesn't do this, and the sheep, they feed the hungry, they visit the poor, they clothe the naked, they visit the prisoners. And I'm like, who's Jesus talking to? Was he speaking to, was he speaking to the world? And then Chris, no, I honestly believe he was speaking to the Christians, to the believers, yes, to the religious people at that moment. Yes. Because he was calling them out and saying, you know, you might look and I don't, I've not grown in the country. I'm a city girl born in New York, raised in East LA, Miami, Florida. So I've not been around a lot of farm animals. And you could kind of tell the difference between a sheep and a goat. You know, like when you look at them, I guess their wool, the sheep, the sheep have better wool, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, but they have, but when I think about it, they serve the same purpose. They provide milk. Mm-hmm. They provide clothing. You could eat them both, I guess. But they, they have the same purpose. And my thing was, no, Jesus was speaking to, to the religious people that he would separate them. And to, and it says, because when you do this to them, when you do it unto them, you're doing it as unto me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's worship. That's worship. What we do unto Jesus, everything we do is worship. So I'm, me being a singer, I live off, you know, I'm, I've had a career. I've been able to travel the world, do ever so many things because of music. And I'm thankful because of it but I realized that it's deeper it's a well and I mean I don't think it's a coincidence that you call your program the well and many of us Christians our well is not very deep yeah it doesn't go deeper but we know that if we dig really deep there are running waters you know flowing waters the deeper we go and so some we're okay with water to our little to our ankles but the pure water the purity of it is going way deeper. And so I believe that you asked me, what is the purpose of worship? I think the purpose of worship is one, it's obviously it's exalting God and not ourselves. It's putting him in first place. It's also doing what he desires for us to do for the world to represent him. I feel it's also, it's, it's a well digging ministry. Worship mm. needs to be, I feel I have learned that, when I am in prayer, when I am not singing songs, but when I'm in prayer and intercession, there is a crossroad between those two. Because when I am seeking God, when I'm seeking the direction of the Holy Spirit, I am able to, to worship with revelation of what is needed in that place, not because a set list is provided and I need to follow a set list. I don't mind set list. I love order too you know but I feel like you know this weekend when I was singing at church I I felt a little bit out of place because I'm like man this song so and so has done it and I've only hear his his, this is his style of music he's the one that sang this and I felt like I felt so much conviction after I said that out loud to someone because it was like cannot these songs ring true in my life as well Mm. you know and I connected with that. I connected with the reality of that God has never lost a battle. And the only in my life, and so I was able to sing it and I made it mine. That is now my song, you know? Yeah. Uh, then, then my, I remember my mom, the purpose of worship. My, my mom taught me what the purpose of, of worship also was. When I was eight years old, uh, I remember, and this is because I asked the Lord one day, I'm like, 
God, I, in my time of devotional, I remember I was in Guatemala and I'm just praying and reading the Bible, just preparing myself. And um, I asked the Lord, like in an interview, so who's Ingrid? Why did you, you know? And so I asked the Lord, I go, Lord, why did you choose me? What, what is it that you saw in my life that, that made you, you know, pay attention to me, even notice me? Uh, I was praying and I fell asleep. Sometimes, you know, it's really relaxing to be in God's presence too. Yes. <laughs> and I, I fell asleep and I began to dream, but it wasn't a dream. It was a, a memory. And the memory was my mom in our kitchen in East LA. She had just gotten a letter, an invitation to a wedding. And I walk in as a little girl and I see that my mom is crying. And I go, mom, what's going on? What's wrong? She goes, look, your dad's getting married. He's getting, re he's getting married to another woman. Mm. I remember my mom praying, you know, she was fasting. She was like, she came to the Lord because of this situation in our home. And, uh, the Lord, she didn't, you know, he's never going to go against the will of any man. And the Lord just didn't bring my dad home. I mean, it was, it is what it is, you know? I remember at that moment that my mom hands me the invitation. She also puts in a cassette and starts worshiping. Praise the Lord for the midst of every trial. Praise the Lord. I think so. Very good. Start singing in Spanish. Porque en Cristo hay poder. Gloria a Dios. I remember my mom and she's bawling in the kitchen worshiping. To me, that defined to me what worship was. Yeah. And I didn't even know it because the Lord could have taken me to the moment that I sang for a president or for that moment that I sang in the recording studio or my first solo at church, you know, back in 89. He could have taken me anywhere. But where he decided to take me was to that kitchen where my mom created an altar of sacrifice where she just was obedient and said, okay. My prayer wasn't answered the way I expected it to be, but I will still worship them. For me and my house, we will worship the Lord. I feel like worship is a daily decision of dying to this, to the to the, our earthly desires. You know what I mean? There's times I don't want to read or, you know, speak to someone and encourage someone. I need encouragement, but I take those steps of faith. I think worship is faith, too. I think it's living your your faith out loud, you know? So I could define worship all day, <laughs> every day, because it is, it's my life. It's my life. It's my life surrendered to him and in gratitude, in, in honest of who God is. That yeah. creator of heaven and earth, that his word is still creating stars in the galaxies and in, and, and, and planets, I mean, it still has the same power that it had thousands of years when he created the earth. And that he, he loved me so much that he would send his son to say, sin came into this world, but I, I want them to be in a right relationship with me. You know, so it's, worship is righteousness as well, you know, from God and for ourselves to seek his presence and that he would want a relationship with me and to speak to me and to minister to me, you know, and to, and, and that he would sacrifice what he most loved, his son, in order to save us. Yeah. 
man, how not to be in awe of that? I'm speechless right now. Me too. With tears running out of my eyes from, <laughs> from, from the story, but also from hearing that and, and hearing your passion for it and God taking me to those moments when I too have felt like you have felt. When I allow myself to surrender, where there's an abandonment and it's, if it's a lot of times I like to walk in the mornings and I'll put in my earbuds and I'll, you know, turn on my worship songs. And before I realize it, I'm like walking in the neighborhood, lifting my hands. Oh. It's as if I've forgotten where I am, yeah. but that's exactly what the Lord wants. He says, surrender yeah. this moment to me, right? Who cares what the neighbors think? Because this is oh, not, yeah. the worship is not about a performance. The no, worship at all is about our relationship, mine and his. And yeah, so when I'm in it. the car and the music's on and, and it doesn't always have to require music. It doesn't. Sometimes no, I've looked out the no. window and seen the beauty of God in that moment. Yeah. And I'm lost in his creation, right? Where he I shows feel like, himself. I feel like what we're doing right now is worship yes. because we're exalting him with our words. There's no melody, you know, our lives are the melody. And so we're just, we're, we're testifying to who the greatness of who God is. Yeah. This is worship. I feel his presence whenever I am a witness and I testify of his goodness yes. and his faithfulness and his love and his mercy and his grace. So I get it. And I'm not saying crazy person in the neighborhood you know i'm like I'll, I'll, I'll try to fake it and do arms you know to do it. but i'm actually just, i'm just worshiping because i want it no many people don't know this but i wanted to be a dancer that was that was real like i love dance dancing and i've heard my heavenly father uh in a concert one time say hey do you want to do you want to dance with me and i thought i was like what this is like and we are his children. And I, I literally felt in that one event, and it was in New Mexico, in Glorieta, New Mexico, I felt like I had a, a really big poofy skirt on that night, and he was throwing me up in the air and twirling me up like a father who is like, you know, just having fun with their child. And, and there's video of that somewhere. I know I must have looked crazy. I get what David was, what he felt when, he was dancing in the streets and, you know, his wife was like, you look like, you look like a fool. He goes, I'll look like a fool for God any moment. Yes, like I could beautiful. just, yes. that's me paraphrasing it. But, but, um, yeah, sorry, I cut you off, but it's just, I feel like this is worship when you testify and I'm, my life is a living testimony. I think the moment that the Lord allows our eyes to be revealed and and to see his glory and we have the opportunity to accept Christ. And in that moment of salvation, our life forevermore becomes a life of worship. Yeah. Everything we do, every moment we recognize God, every time we hear a puppy, you know, bark and a baby cry and, and everything that is a semblance of life and the sacrifice of Christ. Um, in the moments when we cry and when we laugh, that's all worship because we're all recognizing our identity as children of God, as you said, and, and the yeah. recognition of who God is, is worship. And our lives yeah. are a recognition of who God is and the character yep. of God. And so, yeah. um, it's so beautiful that you have 
even just reminded us of that. Yeah. And we're, we love music in our family. We've always been just like a very musical family. Um, and, and worship was a huge part. I, I cannot remember a time in my life when I had not known worship music. Like it's almost like yeah. embedded into my spirit, into like the very being of who I am. Um, but there's always been also that special connection to the music itself and memories that are associated with that. And I know that, um, we could probably all look back on times just as you have of songs that will, and worship music that will bring us back to a, to a hurting moment in our life, to a moment when we saw a breakthrough, something like that. So I wonder if you could just take us back to another moment, maybe that involved a mentor um, and, and music and, and how the combination of those two impacted your life, uh, and how worship from that point on looked different to you. I know you already shared that story mm-hmm. about your mom, but yeah. I wonder if there's like another story of a mentor and, and how the music that they introduced into your life or something like that, um, impacted you. Well, I mean, I'm constantly just, in awe of how God uses, I, I, I feel like our lives, lives are like puzzle pieces, you know? And, uh, you know, I don't know if you all like to do puzzles, but we do. The, yeah. When, yeah. You guys puzzle. Yeah. I, I get a little frustrated, you know, especially with the, you know, 2000, you know, you're like, I need help with this. This is insane. <laughs> When the pandemic hit, I'm like, we're doing puzzles. We I got do. <laughs> yeah, you do too. But, um, but I just, I think that our lives are like that. And we put these little pieces that they, they, we, we could kind of see what it's going to be out. But if you don't have an image of on the box, you can't really tell what's going to be. I could, I could roughly tell where the edges are, you know, where the, yeah, right. but I could, I, and I could start with that. And it, I think that's kind of like birth. You know, I could, it's, it's rough, you know, but once you start gaining experience and living life, I feel like that's the bigger middle piece of the puzzle. And that, and with that being said, I really feel like every single thing that I have done in my life has led me to be at this moment. And what, what I'm doing now is going to lead me for other greater things. And so I never say no to God because of fear. I never say no to God because of insecurity or because I just don't know. There's people that really need to have it all. They want to have it all figured out. And one of the biggest things that happened was my decision to go to Liberty University. I feel that, you know, you talked about mentors. Well, God really brought in some amazing people to pour into my life at that moment. But I really believe I would not have been, I would not be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't that I took that decision, you got to be fearless in life. You you cannot let fear, fear is crippling. Fear keeps you stuck exactly in the same routine of life, the rut of life. And, and honestly, I think that's why faith moves God's heart the way it does, mm. because he cannot work with fear. He can't, it, faith is like the engine with the gas that propels us to go forward. You know, I'm sitting in my car and I could be like, all right, well, but if my tank is empty, I'm not going to go anywhere. I need to put gas in that. And I feel like faith 
is that gasoline that we need to put in. And, and even when I'm like, okay, well, how? Just just do it. Like, I, I decided to go to Liberty in 94 because I was working up to three jobs at one time. I don't know. I just wanted to make money. I, I, I didn't know I had that much direction. I knew I could sing. But I but people were like, you need to audition. Audition because if you audition, you're going to get a scholarship. Well, I auditioned and I didn't get in. They didn't accept me my first year. Like, they accepted me to the school, but not to the singing team that would have given me a scholarship. But I knew there was, I'm like, Lord, I, this is, he also puts the desires in our heart. Like, it's like, I knew that I wanted to get a Christian education because all my friends would go to Christian schools and they took it for granted. I'm like, man, you know what it is to be talking about Jesus in your classroom openly and without the peer pressure. But they were like, ah, you know, Bible. I'm like, that's awesome. I went to public school. So I'm like, I want to go to a Christian university. Okay, check, Liberty. Then I'm like, I want to, I need help financially. They gave me a little bit. But but one of the biggest factors was that um, when I took the step of faith, I only really had $10 to my name. And I think thinking that I was going to be owing a couple of thousands of dollars to get to get there. The Lord, uh, I don't know, he just miraculously, miraculously uh, provided, multiplied the scholarship that Lakewood, that, that uh, Liberty was giving me. And they're like, okay, well, I'm thinking I'm going to owe 5,000. And like, oh, you only owe 500. And I already, and then the counselor goes, I, I see that you already have a job lined up, a student job lined up. So welcome to Liberty. Wow. And I'm like, what? I got $10 in my pocket. Okay, so I go to Liberty and I start singing the gospel choir. And then they're like, you need to audition. And I'm like, I auditioned already. You're not going to take me. I already said no. This was just the spring semester of 90, 95. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to get in. They were like, Ingrid, oh my God, you're, come on, audition. They were already in callbacks. I get it. I, I go audition because I'm like, I get in. That took me onto my first missionary trip. I went to the Philippines, I went to England, and then I went to India. And in India, I was so uncomfortable. I hated it. It was the worst. Yeah. It, it was just culturally, it just, it was so different. I mean, the Indian people are beautiful people, but there was just, it was, I'm, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe as well. Like, you know, I'm constantly washing my hands and I'm like, oh, it's so dirty. Like, I was uncomfortable. And, uh, but the, but when the missionary, head missionary, he goes, Ingrid, would you come back to, to India? You want to come back? And he, and I answered him in the good Christian way. I'm going to pray about it. But inside I was screaming. I was like, no way. Like I will never come back here. But when I use that good Christian, you know, like we hide ourselves behind the faith. Right. But we're, you know, I was like, no, it's, this is not, uh, this is too uncomfortable for me. He called me out. He goes, Ingrid, God wants to use you. Are you willing to go anywhere he calls you? And when he, he called me out on that, I felt so much conviction. I went back to my room and I, I bawled. I broke down. I surrendered. I surrendered. And I said, Lord, I don't want my arrogance to ever get in the way of what you want to do in my life. I don't, I don't want my pride because sometimes we think we're humble and oh I'm servant but yet we're so prideful to do what God has called us to do 
and you know, fear is also pride. It's, yeah. it's the, it's pride of not of failing. I don't want to fail. Well, guess what? You know, in your weaknesses, God is strong. Yeah. So it's not about what you can bring is what he can do through you. And so I was like, all right, Lord, I'm coming. I'm, I'm going to come to India. So I started making plans and preparations to go to India and, uh, I was ready. And it was at that same school year that they came, Integrity Music came and did a live recording with Ron Canoli. And, you know, being me, the only Hispanic, I don't know, they wanted Ron Canoli. They did Ron Canoli and Don Moen. And uh, I was the only Latina singing there. And they were like, hey, can you sing with him? And I'm like, sure. Okay, well, can you do a duet? And I'm like, they have professional singers here. They're like, no, 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 we want to use you. I'm like, okay. So I sang. Did, did my thing, being fearless. I'm like, Lord, I'm just, I'm going to step out and say, did that. Then I went and um, I, I'm talking to my boss. I stayed at that job for four years while I was at Liberty at the Human Resources Department. And it's, I'm about to leave Liberty. It's my fourth year. She's like, what are your plans? And I'm like, I'm going to India. That's, I'm just determined. I, I know that that's where the Lord wants me. And she's like, okay, well, great. That same day that I'm literally professing out loud, this is what I'm going to do. I get a call from Integrity and they're like, Ingrid, we want you in Nashville to record with Women of Faith. Can you come? And I'm like, wait, okay, I'm supposed to go to India, but okay, I'll do it. Because that was in spring. I went to, to Women of Faith. I leave Liberty. They call me again. Integrity Music calls me and says, Ingrid, we, we recommended you for Benny Hinn Ministries. Are you willing to do it? I'm like, okay, sure. Hey, Ingrid, they call me later on. Hey, Ingrid, we want to record Shout to the Lord, Hillsong album, Shout to the Lord, and we want you to be the Spanish singer on it. Are you willing to do it? I'm like, yeah, yeah I'll do it. Of course I'll do it. But then I'm thinking, wait, 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 God, what, what are you doing? Like, I'm supposed to go to India. Why are you opening up all these doors? Then they call me, we want you to tour with Women of Faith. I'm like, I'm supposed to be in India. And I clearly heard the Lord speak to me. And he said, I just wanted, I wanted your yes. Mm -hmm. I wanted you to surrender. Yeah. I just wanted you. It's not the location that I'm taking you. It's, it's the location of your heart. And I'm like, okay, Lord. Well, so no India, but I've gone so many other places. And then a couple of years ago, uh, when I moved to Houston, the um, Baptist Association, you know, they call me in the mission board and they're like, we want you to choose anywhere. You choose, Ingrid. Where do you want to go in the 1040 window? And I'm like, India. <laughs> I didn't have to think about it. I said, I'll go to India. And again, it was super uncomfortable. Culture shock completely. But I will always say yes to where God wants to take me. Yeah. And you know, he used, he has used many mentors. He's used so many people. But again, that my life is a puzzle piece and he's constantly putting the pieces together. Mm. And when I'm looking and, and as I've now I'm 47, I'm approaching my 50s. I'm not done with the puzzle. Yeah. Taking me 50 years, close to 50 years to build this puzzle. But I see how everything is connected. Everything is intertwined. Everything has a purpose. Everything fits. I didn't study music. I studied health education, 
preventive medicine. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not doing what I study, but in some crazy way, when I, every time I go on a missions field, I am, yeah. Yeah. I am doing what he's called me to do. And it's like, oh my goodness, Lord, like you, every time I've said yes, it's like, he's the one that's the master puzzle maker that has literally said, I am putting your life together because you've allowed me to do so. Yeah. And you know, have I failed? Yes, I have. But I'm thankful that I could just get back up, dust myself off, find the joy of the Lord, find my first love, and, and just be grateful for his redeeming blood that, you know, brings me back into that right relationship with him. And so, you know, I'm full. And I, I always never, I never understood that verse when Jesus said, be perfect as I am perfect. And I'm like, what? Until uh, someone defined, I was sitting at church in Miami and someone defined the word perfect. We put so much pressure on us ourselves as Christians to speak a certain way, to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to perform a certain way. And, I, and that's kind of why I agree with you, Tim, about this whole COVID thing, because it, this time of pandemic really just was a purpose of shifting us and breaking us out of what we thought was perfect, what was our perfection. And we literally was, we needed to reconnect with the heart of God. And the word perfect is not what we can do, but it means to be complete, to be whole, mm. to lack nothing. I will never fulfill that without Jesus. Right. I will never be that without him. And he is only looking for a perfect bride without, without, I know it in Spanish, sin manchas ni sin arrugas, without wrinkles, without stains. Yeah. You know, he's looking for that bride. For me, it's like, we're, this bride, the church, we are imperfect human beings. But how do we become perfect? Is when we invite him, when we allow, when we give him the space. Yes. And, you know, uh, I feel that this year, 2020 and 2021, has exactly been that, uh, a reshifting of our thoughts, of our practices, of our programs. Yes. Programs upon programs to get people connected. Well, just connect them to Jesus, not to the culture. Connect them to Jesus. Yes. Let them see your weaknesses so that they could see him complete you, yes. himself in you. Yes. You know? Well, amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for the testimony that not only that you've just given us, but that your life is giving to a culture that wants to, number one, believe that it's in their own power to become perfect. Yeah. And, and this whole idea that worship is just not, it's not just Sunday morning when you go to church, but it's a life of surrender yeah. every single second that we breathe. That's what worship is. And so if we want to be Christians who are called to live the life that is counterculture, that's perfect to Jesus. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, that that is, that that means a life of surrender and you're doing yeah. that imperfectly, but as a great witness, uh, pointing, pointing people to him, which is what we're all to do. So Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank no. you again for the time that you've taken out of your day. 
um, to share with us. I know that this was a divine appointment. And, you know, as a mother sitting here with my daughter, thank you. If this was heard by no one else, thank you for the witness that you have shown her. It's been a blessing from a mama's heart to another mama's heart for you Mm -hmm. to speak words of life and truth that I 100% know have gone in those ears and have resonated in her heart and her soul. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today at Conversations at the Well. We hope your soul was truly refreshed by the story you heard and the words of wisdom that were spoken over you. Our ministry is doing work across borders, and we'd love for you to join us on mission, whether that's here in the U.S. or overseas. The best way to join us is by subscribing to our email newsletter. We love you, friends, and we'll see you next week at the next Conversation at the Well.